Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Sing for Joy podcast, brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Paducah, Kentucky. My name is Jed Lovejoy, and I'm glad to be here with you. I'm glad to be doing a lot of things that are somewhat normal because a lot of things right now are not normal. Um, it's been a very different week, and I really struggled with what to do with this episode. I struggled so much so, number one, just with the time to get it done, uh, but just with what to talk about, that it is currently Sunday afternoon, 4.25. Uh, so I'm cutting it thin for something that releases, you know, at 5 a.m. on a Monday morning usually. Uh, but... It's very different out there. You know, COVID-19 has really taken over all of our thought processes, all of our daily habits, our weekly structure, and has flipped it all on end. So naturally, that spills over into a worship leader's weekly job description. And I've been watching a lot of public comment threads and different things from just everybody in general about how this is affecting them. But then especially with the worship leader side of things, there's been a wide range of responses to what do we do. So after a lot of thought, I just thought I would share some of the thought process for myself personally in what we ended up doing for the Broadway Church of Christ this past Sunday, today, this Sunday. Uh, and what I've heard of a lot of other people doing along the way. And, and I want to be upfront and honest, I'm still working through what to do with this, okay? So everything I share with you right now is still going to be something I'm thinking through, both for myself, with others in the worship ministry, with other ministry staff here at Broadway, other members at Broadway who watched our, our live stream this week and had their own thoughts and comments on it. Uh, so nothing I'm saying is like, this is definitely the way to do it. And if more than anything, I'm probably asking, what are some other ways that you have found beneficial, both in this current situation, but maybe in other situations before where your, your service had to be live streamed without an audience? You know, maybe it was impacted by weather or other major events. I don't know. So anyway, that's, that's kind of the setup for this. So rewind a week and a half ago, not even that far, but rewind a week and a half ago, and we were planning for our service for March 15th like we would any, any week. We, there was a little bit of, oh, something might be happening with this COVID-19. It may affect us a little bit. You know, we need to watch out for it. You know, it's still on the coasts. You know, it's still in Europe. Uh, we were mainly focused on, there was a group from our congregation that was traveling to Israel at the time, and we were mainly focused on, can they travel back and forth from this trip to Israel more than we were, how is it going to impact our daily life, okay? So halfway through the week, we realized, oh, this is going to have a major impact on what we have going on at the church building. And so the preacher and I sit down and have this discussion uh, because our congregation was one of the ones we are in Kentucky and our governor, by the time we got closer to the end of the week, 
had recommended that worship, uh, places of worship be closed, not have a gathering. And at the time, again, looking back on it, you have different feelings, but at that time, our leadership, be it our elders, our ministers, other members that we consulted with, felt that it was a little bit premature to just close shop, so to say, because all the cases were further in the east, they weren't anywhere around us. And so what we did is we did the strong encouragement of people to stay home, all these other things, but we were still gonna have our worship service available to whoever wanted to come, have everybody spread out. But we canceled our classes, you know, canceled all these other things, made changes to our uh, Lord's Supper, and we also made the decision to shorten the worship service. So it's gonna have people in the room for less time on top of everything else. So that was kind of step one. And there's nothing like looking at a worship service that you've planned out and you've already put a lot of thought into and then go, okay, so if I need to strip this back, what do we do with it? So we still had that in-person gathering, but we took you know, half the songs out and we took this piece out and we shortened this talking section. Uh, but otherwise it was pretty straightforward. You know, minor adjustments, but you don't feel like it's very different. Now, it's right there, I forget if it was Saturday or Sunday, that it becomes very apparent this is not going to be possible next week. Uh, our elders made the quick decision that for sure our Wednesday night services were not going to happen in person. We ended up doing like a live stream Bible study uh, available. And then our eldership and ministers, we all got together, not just to go, hey, are we having services on the 22nd? It was pretty apparent we were not going to have uh, an in-person worship service. And then it turns out a few days after that, after we ended up having that meeting, it wouldn't have been possible because the governor, you know, banned all public gatherings sort of things. Uh, and the federal government had said no one more than 10. You know, the CDC had said that was their recommendation, no groups larger than 10. So the decision would have been made for us, but I'm glad that we got together and thought through it because it was more than just do we meet? It was how do we serve our body for the next couple of weeks? And I mean, I'm going to, this may be my own naivete. I don't know. But for me, it's a lot easier to say, oh, we can definitely put out a teaching material, be that a sermon, a class, you know, something like that and stream it and people join in and get not the same effect because there is something about being with a group experiencing something together that's different than online but as far as gaining the teaching aspect that can be conveyed so for me i started thinking a lot about what do we do with all the other pieces and especially the singing uh you know if you've been listening to the podcast a couple of weeks ago, the whole episode was on an appreciation for congregational singing and how, how much we should focus on that and be thankful for that opportunity. And now I'm at a week where, you know, today being Sunday when I'm recording it, today I am told I can't get together with the rest of my congregation, with the rest of my church family to sing. Now, can I sing with my kids? Absolutely. Can I sing with my kids and my wife? Absolutely. Did we? Not necessarily in a formal setting, but my children have sung and I've joined in with them. And 
they've sung with their friends over video chat and different things like that. But in the sense of like we had a worship service with a large group of people and sang songs, we, we didn't do that. And we chose, we now meaning the, the minister staff as we planned what this worship was going to be, we chose not to have me stand up and basically lead a song service solo for everyone. What I ended up doing was finding some congregational singing of public domain hymns and put them into sections of the worship service. So like I put them over a countdown, you know, until the, till the speaking sections were going to begin. I put it underneath a section of, uh, of scripture reading, you know, I put it under a section of preparation for communion time, things like that. And I, I thought that that translates well for a video setting, knowing that there's going to be people, maybe three, four, five at most, you know, in households meeting together. Um, I don't know. And maybe some of that is because we're a congregation that we don't have a praise team that I can gather together and sing these songs together with. Uh, It's just me. And maybe there's part of it that I don't like the impression that it would be me performing those songs, so to say, for the camera. Maybe I'll feel different about this next week because like I say, there was something missing and I don't know how to recreate that in a video context. Now, like I say, there were some other churches that I saw that they did just that. You know, I mean, it was like they were recreating their, their Sunday service. They had the camera positioned on the podium or on the stage where they normally do. They had the ministers move back and forth and, you know, people came up and they said prayers. Ours was more of a pre-recorded, uh, more relaxed style devotional, but still focused on the Lord's table and everything. Um, And so for some people, it was natural for them to basically perform for an empty audience or lead a service for an empty audience, whether it was pre-recorded or live streaming in the traditional sense. Um, Some people, like I say, they have a larger praise team. And so they were able to gather that praise team together, either live streaming or as pre-recorded and put those pieces in there. And maybe that leads people to feel more comfortable singing along or humming along, or at least just experiencing the music like I said from in the beginning I don't have the right answer but I can tell you this I may not have done that for our general worship service but I did for our children's worship I don't know why I don't know why it feels different it may not actually be any different but I started off And it was like, we have a space in our children's uh, worship room that has a small puppet theater, you know, stand. And I did like the the old time kid shows, you know, where the curtain pulls back and, hey, kids. And then I said, let's sing some songs. And I led the children in three or four children's songs. Now, maybe the adults that were watching sang along too. I don't know. I got several messages of the kids loved it and they were singing along and, you know, and maybe that's something about kids that they're more willing to do that. I mean, they watch shows all the time where there's a person or a small group of people and they go answer this question for us or sing this song along with us and kids just jump in. They've got no fear on these sort of things. They've got, 
no pre, uh, preconceived ideas that you have to have a group around you. But it hasn't been my experience that adults do that very often. And so maybe that was my reasoning behind having these two different approaches. But there's one thing for sure. It's something we all need to be thinking about, and it's making me think more deeply about how can I include people who aren't in the room in this time of song devotion, in this worship time of singing. Uh, because, I mean, we have people that watch our live stream all the time that are homesick, they're uh, homebound in a hospital or whatever after they're recovering from surgery. We've got a lot of different people out there that are experiencing a live stream worship but usually they're watching the worship service with me leading and even when the microphones aren't all working at you know top quality there's still an element of the rest of the congregation in the background and so they're part of this congregational singing in some way whereas doing something like this i mean you're on your own i i really i'm not personally comfortable getting together even a group of 10 to say, hey, let's sing uh, as a way of recording or as a way of leading this service. Now, I've heard some very interesting ideas on how to, how to kind of work around this. Sometimes they'll bring people in digitally and get them all singing over the, the various conference call techniques, and they'll mix them from that point. I've heard of people doing like a round robin. If it's a small enough group, they'll sing one line and the next person will sing one. And again, that's kind of in a video conferencing sort of setting. But with ours being, we've already recorded it, we're sending it out, or we're gonna live stream something from one location or another, there's not really that opportunity to bounce it to just everyone that's there with you. So there's, there's some very creative things happening, and I'm sure I'll hear about some more in the next day or two when, when we have other people come in, because we all try to watch different live stream setups. We all try to watch different things that are going on because I like learning from the other people that are out there and then taking some best practices or things that I find interesting and adapting them for our situation. And I know there's a lot of churches that this was their first foray into the area of live streaming uh, more than maybe just setting up a, an iPad uh, during their regular services. So, you know, I applaud everyone for really having a desire to get out there and serve their congregations while we're all, you know, depending on what state you're in, in varying stages of self-quarantine, you know, social distancing, full-on shelter at home, you know, it, it's, it's a different world out there right now. And so for me personally, that means that I think a lot about this idea of how do we include the singing? How do we uplift people's spirits through song while we're in different spaces? Now, you add on top of that all the discussions about copyright and <laughs> then you're in a whole other ball game uh, just luckily, like I said, I spent time making sure we were using uh, things that were already in 
the public domain. I forgot what the word was for a minute. But that way we're not breaking any copyrights by what songs we were using. I think there might have been one that at the last minute I decided to put in uh, that wasn't. But luckily we have a streaming license that covers any use of streaming material, any use of recording for archival or upload purpose, like we've made sure and bought the whole kit and caboodle. We register all the songs that we use. We wanna make sure artists get paid properly uh, if it requires a little bit of an underlying ad on some of the spaces we upload it to, that's fine with us. Uh, but I know a lot of churches, they, don't, they haven't thought through that. They haven't had to get this license. They're, you know, they're just having to wing it you know, and, and learn, have a very steep learning curve. Uh, so we think through a lot of those things, but it does impact what you're able to make use of. Uh, one of the resources I mentioned last week when I was talking about music resources was all the praise and harmony stuff. Uh, I saw Keith Lancaster and his company posting a lot of things over this last week about subscribe to their Praise and Harmony TV and you can use their videos. You can't upload it permanently, but for at least a live stream, it can provide the, the score, you know, the music, sheet music on screen. You can use their audio files. You just pay for their licensing fees and all those different things. And so that is another option that's out there if, if you were able to use that just to kind of tie in a couple of things. So it's been a very strange week. I made a lot of recordings. Like I say, the kids songs were a lot easier. So I made a big playlist of kids songs and uploaded it. And that's probably been my bright spot for the week was knowing that the children's music was still very useful. I've seen parents, well, parents have sent me videos of their kids doing all the movements to the songs and singing along with it. And there was one cute picture of like the little, the little kid grabbed hold of the TV basically while, while all that was happening. So anyway, it's, it's an interesting time to think about how to move music and communal congregational music into a digital space where we have to be disconnected by nature. Um, so I'll be thinking a lot about this over the next week. I'll be thinking a lot about it. If your congregation did it in a way that you found particularly interesting, I would love to hear about that. I would love to hear in what ways the music was translated to that digital setting, to that live stream or pre-recorded setting in a way that maybe it made you want to join in in some way. Be that you spoke the words, you sang the words, you hummed along, you tapped your foot, whatever it was. Was there something that made it feel like you were still connected to it? If you've got a personal story you want to share, or if you have um, maybe a, a video file that I could look at, I'd love to see those things. My, I'll have the email in the show notes and everything, but it's info. No, no, that's the main one. Don't send it to that one. Send it to Jed at broadwaycoc.com. Uh, if you send it directly to me, that way I can give it a look and then I can share it with some of our other ministry staff to see how we could adapt it from there. But I'd love to hear some of those, what were best practices? What were the things you found beneficial? And then if you want to see some of these kid songs that I've recorded, because you know I know there's a lot of people out there that could be using those right now, uh, 
even though kid songs are difficult, they, they translate. Maybe there'll be a whole podcast about differences in kid songs sometime, but depending on where you are, even within a state, let alone a country, the kid songs can have a different flair, a different feel to them. But if you're interested in them, I'll put a link to those as well. Maybe they can be useful as we have a lot of kids trapped inside and uh, give them some more Bible-based or at least some more Christian-type music to listen to along the way. So thanks again for listening to the podcast. I know this, this wasn't my planned topic for the week. Um, I hope to get on topic next week, bring a little bit more of that normalcy back, no matter what may come up along the way. But thanks for listening. Thanks to those of you who have already left reviews in various ways. I would love to hear more feedback. Again, my email is jed at broadwaycoc.com. This has been another episode of Sing for Joy. I tell you what, I think next week I'm going to try to have another song parody just for a little brevity, a levity, not brevity. It'll probably still be long, but a little levity amidst all of this stuff. Y'all have a great week, and hopefully I will find you back here with the podcast next Monday.